This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Sometimes revival begins in the most unexpected places, doesn't it? Small decisions, little seeds can make a world of difference. The film Jesus Revolution tells a story just like this. It's set during the Jesus movement that swept the nation in the 1970s, starting in Southern California at the little church called Calvary Chapel. In the film, we follow a young Greg Laurie who's been searching for all the right things in all the wrong places, getting carried away by the wild hippie movement. That is, until he meets Lonnie Frisbee, a charismatic street preacher who's passionate about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the hippies. Lonnie teams up with the pastor Chuck Smith, and in a show of radical hospitality, they open the doors of Chuck's church to the barefoot, long-haired, drug-addled hippies of SoCal. In doing so, they find themselves in a revival that will change the world. Talk about unexpected. Jesus Revolution is rated PG-13 and stars Joel Courtney, Jonathan Rumi, Kimberly Williams-Paisley, Anna Grace Barlow, and Kelsey Grammer. So join me in hosting your very own movie night and enjoy Jesus Revolution. Available now on demand, digital Blu-ray, and DVD. Visit JesusRevolution.movie to learn more. Again, that is JesusRevolution.movie. Years ago, when I moved to Nashville, Shay and I bought our first house. It was in a sweet little subdivision. All the houses were hugged pretty close together, and our front yard was about the size of a postage stamp. We were thrilled just to have some grass of our own. It was the kind of neighborhood that had little playgrounds sprinkled around every few streets, and kids were always out playing. Despite the excitement of having a place of our own, we were still in the stages of figuring out marriage and a baby and a pretty tough schedule. I talk often about this season because it was basically every major life transition wrapped up in a few months' time. I had quit my job and moved cities. We were newly married, and this homeowner thing was brand new, too. Shay was on the road touring heavily— which meant I was home alone with our newborn. No help, no sleep, no family around. I was recovering from a C-section and was in a deep state of postpartum depression. I dropped weight I didn't really have to lose. I had no appetite, and I hardly had the strength to carry the baby in his car seat or even get him in the car. And I only went out if we needed groceries anyway. Otherwise, I hardly left our house. I would lay in the floor next to our tiny little guy with the curtains closed and the lights off. The days seemed to roll into each other. Shay would come home on Sunday afternoons or evenings and leave again on Tuesday nights. Mondays were pretty much the only full day Shay was home and he often spent them sleeping in to catch up on rest. Road life is a hard life for anyone. And while he was in survival mode on the road, I was left struggling on the home front, feeling incredibly isolated and alone. As the months went by, I began clinging to Jesus and the Word like I'd never done before. Frankly, I'd never really had to. But now, I had a baby to take care of and a marriage that never really had time to grow before we jumped into the deep end of life with both feet. 
God is so good to meet us in these places, though. I began walking, and God seemed to meet me there. The sidewalks were winding, and the hills were steep, and the sun was bright. And it was there, there in the fresh air and sunshine, that I began to feel His presence more closely than ever before. This was emphasized even more because as I walked, I was looking into the face of our precious baby. I would walk between his naps, and sometimes even twice a day, sometimes getting caught in the rain, and sometimes when it was too hot to be taking a little guy out for a stroll. I would cut it short, of course, if he was too hot, but I also recognized that I was a better mom for taking the time to walk and talk with the Lord, oftentimes out loud and in front of little Asher. From the outside, I am certain it seemed Shay and I had life all figured out. There I was, a stay-at-home mom, while my husband toured. We were 25 and 26 years old, homeowners and parents. Externally, it looked like the American dream. We attended red carpets, had the cutest baby, and got to travel for Shay's work. Few would have known how difficult those days really were. I thought about this a lot, actually, especially on my walks. At the time, I even had an inspiration board on Pinterest where I would pin quotes in scripture to help me process the season we were in. There was one quote that always came back to me during this time. Something along the lines of, Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And I felt that. And I knew that to be true. I had pinned it years before as a reminder to look at others with that understanding. But I'd never imagined how true it would be for me as life would play out. When springtime rolls around and brings Easter right along with it, it's pretty easy to make things sweet and fun. Stock up on candy, do at least one Easter egg hunt, and maybe find a special dress or tie for church. But making the season meaningful doesn't come with a checklist. So how do you focus your family on Jesus this season, even when Easter's over? Well, you can start with help from Talk About, new from Awana. Every week, the team at Talk About sends out an email chock full of helpful, relatable content designed to get you and your family engaged with the gospel. You'll get conversation guides, ideas to help your kids dig deeper, outside-of-the-box creative activities, even a Spotify playlist to keep you centered while you work. Whatever your family's routine looks like, visit TalkAboutDiscipleship.com and subscribe with code Hannah to get your first month of family faith content for free. That's TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. And now back to our show. Among other stress points that arose during that season, we had a neighbor very nice at face value, excited to know someone who did what Shay did too, I think. It became pretty apparent, however, that this neighbor cared the most about appearances. Her world revolved around she and her husband's teenage son and hosting gatherings for every occasion. Texts would roll in on various occasions. Little things to me, remember I was in a fog, struggling to take care of our baby with no help or family and a husband on the road. So our grass needing to be mowed wasn't crazy high on my priority list. There was even a particularly overwhelming week during which the neighborly complaints kept coming. It was an awards week, meaning there were awards and events every night the entire week. 
I actually dreaded it because we had no childcare and I had to figure something out. I also knew the nights would be super long. I would scramble to do my hair and makeup while taking care of the baby and then search for whoever it was to arrive last minute for me to go meet Shay in town. I knew we'd be back in the early hours of the morning and that even then I'd still have to be up with the baby during the night and into the morning and then do it again every day that week. Well, during this same time, we had a dog. She stayed in the house, but during this particular week, we kept her out in her pen at night until we returned home. She didn't have a crate in the house, so it was the easiest solution. By Wednesday of that week, I had several novel-length texts about the dog. The dog had been photographed and posted on the neighborhood group so the entire neighborhood could complain about the barking over the past two nights. By the way, we had no idea she was barking because we weren't there. (laughs) By Thursday, with more text coming in from our neighbor, I was totally overwhelmed and in tears. We actually ended up sending the dog home to live with my parents rather than deal with more comments from our neighbor, who also had a dog, by the way. Anyway, we eventually found a new home across town and in a neighborhood with friends. By the time we moved, I was ready for the change. Shay was still on the road, though, and we moved in the middle of December. (laughs) I would pack the car full and make trips at night to the new house, 30 minutes away, while a friend stayed with the baby. Shay was in Europe for three weeks, so I drove back and forth packing and unpacking at night. A 30-minute drive each way. It was a slow go, but we finally got all moved in. Our realtors assessed our old house and made a list of touch-ups to finish up before we put it on the market. It was, however, January. And a crazy wet January at that. And y'all probably know this, but January isn't exactly a hot time in the housing market. As we waited for the nasty weather to play out, we made preparations for selling. And I began to get text from the neighbor again. Originally, she said she was worried about our front tree sending pictures of it. Then she began telling me how actually the sticks from our little tree were getting in her yard. Well, I apologized profusely and I told her I would come when I could. At that point, the only time I had free were in between naps and I still had no childcare. The last thing I wanted to do was bring my baby over at his nap time to come and pick up sticks in the dead of winter in the rain, especially when every other yard looked the exact same. (laughs) The text kept coming, eventually escalating to the point of accusing me of not caring about our home, but that they had worked very hard for their home and that they were proud of it. And then she told me I had to come pick up the sticks because she had a llama pinata party and didn't want people to see our sticks in her yard when they came. She even threatened to call the HOA on me. Seemingly, she had nothing better to worry about than the state of our yard in January. Well... We came over when Shay returned on a Sunday and cleaned up, and she continued to send complaints. I was at a loss, and eventually I blocked her to protect my own heart. And that's saying something because I've never blocked anyone in my life except maybe a crazy ex. All I could think was, this is the absolute hardest year of my life, and this woman is losing it over some sticks. If the roles were reversed, I would just walk the five steps over to her yard and pick the sticks up myself. I 
I've never forgotten how I felt in that season and how her words and actions impacted my heart. I know it sounds really trivial, and in the grand scheme, it absolutely is. But I'm a believer that there are lessons to be learned from all of life's seasons. So today, I guess my encouragement isn't anything too deep or profound, but a simple reminder. Matthew 7, 12, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Shay and I have recalled this story several times through the years, and I always go back to the fact that she was likely facing battles that we knew nothing about. But I didn't want to repay the harsh words with words of my own, and I also didn't feel obligated to explain my depression or sense of overwhelm and helplessness at that time. And truth be told, I'm not sure it would have mattered anyway. I remembered that quote and how everyone you meet has battles that you know nothing about. And so today, I'll leave you with that reminder too. It can be easy to get swept up in feelings and in your own self. But occasionally, if you look up, you will notice you aren't alone. The world is a big, broken place full of heartache, grief, loss, rejection, and pain. You just never know what season people are in. And you just never know how your words can either lift their hearts or deepen their hurt. Today, I pray you'll give grace, even if it isn't what you feel like doing, even if it isn't deserved. There was a man who gave his life to fill our gaps with grace, to cover our sins, and to bring hope to this broken place we call home. So, it's the very least we can do. I love you, sweet friends, and I pray that this reminder finds you right where you are. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.